Welcome to the Bulwark Podcast. It is the weekend and everything is going great, right? <laughs> I mean, what could possibly go wrong? So we've decided to uh, actually double up to give you kind of a mega house stuff going uh, podcast, joined, of course, by my colleague Tim Miller with a special cameo appearance by none other than the Raging Cajun, James Carville. So Mr. Carville oh. and Mr. Miller, welcome to the podcast. Right. What an honor. What an honor. Okay, so as Lincoln once said about the guy who was running out of town on a rail, he said, it "Wouldn't have been for the honor of the thing, I'd just soon walk." <laughs> okay, so let's let's just start with this, and I'll, I'm going to throw this to you, James. All right. How's it going? I mean, how's it, now, how is it going I mean, right now? Right, I mean, just a right, right mood now, check. Right, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. right now, it's going terribly. Mm -hmm. All right. There's just there's just not a question about it. It looks dysfunctional. People are arguing over a number which they never should have done, and arguing over a deadline. However, I am I I think there's a real case for optimism, and I'll, I'll lay it out to you. Hmm. First of all, the virus you know, really whacked us over the summer, particularly like August and September. It is getting better. More people believe that it is going to continue to get better. And we we have a promising therapeutic on the horizon, and they have like three other therapeutics that are uh, pretty seriously in trials. And that happens. There is pent-up demand out there that we can't imagine. I, I think somebody told me it was $13 trillion in household savings, all right? Mm -hmm. That explodes. The next thing's going to happen is it's a much better than 50-50 chance that the Manhattan DA indicts Trump before the end of the year on very specific, and, and it's going to be tuition uh, tax cases. It's going to be very, very specific charges. So it, it, the short term is, is depressing as it can be. The more immediate term, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not very much of a Cassandra on that. I think there is a legitimate, you know, all of these events, I think, are more likely to happen, happen than not. Now, maybe all three won't happen, but I don't know. That, that's my that's my case for immediate term optimism. Okay, so Tim Miller, your your new your new not my party is time for the Democrats to wake the hell up in which in which you take your strange new respect and take it out in the backyard and just light it on fire. So. Uh, yeah, it's going. I, I would. Uh, James just described things as about as bad as they could be, and then I listened to his description. And I was like, I actually think it's a little bit worse than that um, right now. So, um, look, I, I think that uh, I, one thing I do agree with James on, which I which I get to in in the, in the not my party, is that there's time to fix this. You know, I mean, th there really is time to fi th to fix this. It doesn't, you know, the only election happening anytime soon is that Virginia governor's race, yeah. right? The time, the clock is ticking. Uh, but um, I, I think that there are a lot more questions than answers on the economic side. I, I hope James is right, and the spending kicks in next year, and we and we see a a boost going into the midterms. And obviously, that would be you know wins at the back of Joe Biden. But the jobs numbers out today are shit. Um, the, the bad news about that for Biden is it's more bad news for Biden. The, the, uh, you know, meta good news, I guess, is, you know, the, the idea that just ending unemployment insurance was going to magically change, you know, change the economy for the better, uh, was, you know, more, uh, uh, right wing punditry mm -hmm. BS, but you know, that sort of meta victory doesn't really do a whole lot to help Joe. Uh, and so, you know, look, I, I think they need to, you know, uh, we, we've talked ad nauseum about my view on, on how they just need to, you know, get that infrastructure thing done. That's obviously not going to happen. So, you know, they have this de December 3rd deadline. Uh, at this point, you know, I was looking for a hot Joe summer. I think we're, we're just just dealing with a cold Joe fall and they got to look to that December 3 and 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 deal with the debt ceiling, maybe permanently then have a reconciliation number that has a bill they can actually sell, you know, that has one or two things in it that people like and that people can know what's in it instead of calling it the Build Back Better Reconciliation Human Infrastructure Bill and nobody knows what the fuck's in it except for that it costs a lot of money. Um, uh -oh. and, uh, and I think that if they get that done the and they get in for infrastructure done by December 3rd and if James is right, um, we can keep our prayer, keep praying to Cy Vance and um, uh, not Cy Vance anymore. Keep praying to whoever. Who's the Manhattan <laughs> DA now, James? Who are we, no, who are we still, doing our Cy prayers Vance, to? Is Cy it Vance Cy is still, still, still the DA. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll I, do my I, rosary, rosary, rosary on the St. Cyrus. 
All right. Saint, I don't know when the St. Cyrus feast day is. Maybe that's in December too. We can check that out. And, 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 it you is. know, I just kind of ride, ride feel the storm like out, but December feel, feel 3 like is I've been here before. Nah, I feel like I've been here before. Okay. So, right. so James, this is, I don't know whether you've seen uh, Tim's video, but he talks about the, the Democrats beating up on the moderates and everything. And I'm just really struck by the fact that you have the former president who's, you know, moving to launch his uh, 2024 revenge tour. You have the Fox news host, you know, pushing, you know, crazy, batshit, crazy racist right. rhetoric and, and denial. Um, every day we find out how close we actually came to a coup. And this is the moment when members of the Democratic Party the, for the progressive wing have decided they're going to beat the crap out of the uh, two moderates in the Senate, uh, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema, okay. And the progressives in the House are going all Freedom Caucus. At least that's the vibe that I'm getting. What is, what's your take, James Garvell? Well, first of all, I'm not the most popular person in the world among these people. So, yeah. <laughs> And I, look, at some this point, won't help, somebody you know? has got to go to bed worried about their Twitter. You know, how many people follow them on Twitter and wake up on American? All right. That's just what's going to have to happen here. And I think eventually that it, it will happen. On terms of Cy Vance, he said in the interview with the FT that he was going to charge and not charge by the end of his term, which is the first of the year. And I do not believe that a guy like Michael, what's his name, uh, Pomerantz, who's like the best criminal Mm -hmm. lawyer in the world, is taking off time from his law firm to to prosecute a case of tuition tax evasion. That's not happening. And that forensic accounting firm they got, I think it's FSIS, I looked them up. You, you wouldn't want them people anywhere around your finances. Right? I'm paying my They're taxes, not, James. They, they, all right? I don't care. They can get in my uh, business. See, I, 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 I'm just feeling this is like the waiting, waiting for Mueller, you know, moment. I, I just, yeah, I feel no, like this is not Mueller. Oh, okay. People are making that mistake. Okay, good. These are, it, these are not, these are not Mueller. I, I, I would bet easy, better than even money. They they indict Trump. Interesting. By the okay. For the All first right. Of the year. I don't, okay. I don't have it. I have no inside information. Uh, okay. By the way, if if the, the guy that has turned out to be a squish so far is Garland, I, I I mean he's telling people that it is a classic obstruction of justice to tell people not to cooperate with a legally impaneled investigation. Yeah, Jesus, man, you, you, what do you need? Well, you know, it is interesting. The sort of the asymmetry that we're we're seeing here, um, where, where Garland, I, I think, is so obsessed with not being the you know kind of the Trumpian DOJ, not being Bill Barr type, that he's leaning over backwards, and and you are looking at you know, you know all of these obstruction of justice cases, all of this, and I think there's almost no chance that he's going to pull the trigger on all of this. Well, he didn't ought to get and fire his ass. Okay, so how are you going to have a country that that celebrates the rule of law when you have a president and a former president blatantly, I mean, just blatantly violating criminal statutes? Just really quick, did you see that that Mr. Trump actually complimented Garland last night, which is about all you need to know. He was on one of the. Yeah, they were. Well, he knows. I mean, you know, Trump is nothing if not an apple polisher to to people that, you know, are are doing what he wants at the moment. You know, I, I always said that the smart thing, the one thing I'd give Trump credit for the Democrats to understand is if Charlie Sykes went on Joy Reid's show tonight and, oh. and said, I've just I've been mm-hmm. radicalized. I'm putting on my red hat. And, you know, it seems like Donald Trump was making a lot of sense. You'd be invited down to Mar-a-Lago this weekend. He'd roll out the red carpet as, as, as long as you're being nice to him in the moment. He's nice to you, and he welcomes you into the tent. Um, you know that is obviously not the treatment that the Democrats are giving Joe Manchin and uh, other people that are that are trying to be to uh, that are trying to you know get inside their tent. And so, you know, I, I think it's as simple as that. He sees the Garlands not being uh, not being tough on him, and um, and so that's just that's just not, his little not, lizard he, brain. So he's not going to attack him. He's not going to poke the bear. So. so yeah, go on. Well, let me ask a question. What do these people think they're accomplishing by attacking Joe Manchin? I okay, said this is what I, this on is television. Right. He is a Italian Roman Catholic Democrat in West Virginia, all right? In a state that Democrats have not carried a county since 2008. If you don't have Joe Manchin, you're going to have Marsha Blackman. That's your choice. That's the best they case scenario. So best they case, stupid. Yeah. I can't tell you how stupid they are. Well, can they count That's to 50? This is my problem. Is no. they, 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 they can't to 50 because... You know, I was I was watching Bernie Sanders and he's ripping Kirsten Cinema, he's ripping Joe Manchin. Bernie, um, I understand you're a cranky old man, but at some point you understand that if you're going to get anything that you want, you need all fifty votes. It's just simple mathematics. If 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 
you know, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema have provided that crucial 50th vote for appointees, for cabinet members, uh, for the budget resolution. The, the only reason we're talking about reconciliation, uh, you don't have her uh, or him in the Senate. You have Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. So what 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 is the what what is the what is the addiction, James, uh, for Democrats to have a circular firing squad? My, my, my recommendation is get a second grade math teacher and talk to the Progressive Caucus and understand the concept of 50. All right. Because yes, you, thank apparently, you. you know, and I, maybe some people think that, you know, arithmetic is part of the, the white hierarchy in the country that, you know, suppresses people. I have no idea. <laughs> But yeah, I, can, I can count to 50, you know. I took remedial math twice at LSU, but I can still count to 50. <laughs> yeah, but, but on, on Twitter, it's – and I, I wrote a piece, and of course I'm getting the ratio that I expected, and this is okay. This goes with the this goes with the territory. Tim, you're experiencing this as well, where I said, you know, maybe you ought to remember that, you know, Kirsten Sinema is not just the swing vote. She's the absolutely essential vote, and everybody's like, screw her. We don't need her. We should pressure her. We should ride her out on a rail. Like, guys, uh, you need her vote for everything because without her, nothing gets done. For the progressives, there's only two options, right? Right, guys? You either, in the election, you win more elections, you convince more people to vote for you, or you get every single Democrat to go along with you. And I'm not sure that the strategy, the strategy that we're seeing right now accomplishes either one of those goals. I, now, I agree with you, Charlie, on the strategy and, you know, running, running into the bathroom and, you know, making fun, making fun of her for her wine and, you know, her bisexuality is probably not a strategy to get her vote. I, I will no. say, I do put cinema in a different category than Manchin. Um, I, I mean, you know, Biden just won Arizona. The other senator is also a Democrat who's not creating any trouble. Uh, she voted for Ralph Nader in 2000. So this is not like a long-term principled centrist. Um, we don't exactly know what she wants. I mean, Joe Manchin, you know, not only, you know, as James said, is, is the alternative between Joe Manchin and somebody I, I would say far worse than Darcia Blackburn, probably a Josh Mandel type. Um, but, but he also put on paper to Schumer a very reasonable offer, $1.5 trillion. It was going to pay for uh, uh, universal pre-K and it, the, continue the child's credit tax credit, not for rich people. Uh, you know, it wasn't everything that the folks are going to want, and, and uh, it seems like he's willing to negotiate to the middle, but he at least put something on paper, and, and, and he's, you know, obviously dealing with this very challenging state. Cinema has been, been extremely inscrutable about what exactly it is right. she wants, um, me, and, and she's in a purple state. So I, I understand that potentially there's a strategic, you would think maybe that there's a strategic play there to pressure her from the left, say, you're going to get a primary if you don't get in line. And maybe that would work. I, 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 yeah, that strategy at least right. makes sense in a stay way that it doesn't though. make sense for, stay, yeah, for, for Manchin. But stay out, stay out of the bathroom. I, the, here's, my, here's my other problem that I'd love to give James two cents on since we just get this lovely time together is like the, 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 besides not having a good strategy for dealing with Manchin and cinema. And in this case, I don't want to pick on the progressives so much as the Democratic establishment. It doesn't seem to me like they have an ex a strategy for expanding the map into red states at all. You know, I, I, I just, you know, it, it's hard to find examples of... Because you need moderates to win in those states. Yeah, of candidates that are willing to poke the bear. You know, I mean, look, the reason why Joe Manchin wins is because the people in West Virginia think he's on their team. Um, and, and, and their team isn't, isn't the, you know, team that agrees with every single liberal piety and that's in the K hive and that is going along with every Joe Biden thing. And, and, uh, and I don't see any of the candidates that are coming up to run in 2022, um, doing that, uh, you know, and there are a couple of exceptions, but, you know, even if you look at your so-called moderates, like Connor Lamb, you know, like I like Connor. He's running more as like a Mark Kelly moderate than a Joe Manchin, and that might work in Pennsylvania, right? But there's yeah. not a lot of where where is you know where is the creative thinking for dealing with the crisis ahead? And that was kind of the wake up call I was going for. This is a crisis where Donald, where if the Republicans take the House and the Senate back, and it's a close election in 2024, they might steal the damn election and enter democracy. Right. And, and so we should probably be trying to be a little bit more lenient about getting people in who are going to be on the right side of that matter, yeah. maybe if yeah. they disagree. And, I, and James, the Democrats James. just don't seem to be doing that at all. I, all right. I have an answer for you. Okay, please. Okay. Let's start with one simple fact. 18% of the United States elects 52 senators. There's your urban strategist. Yeah. All right? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I mean, we're all huddled together in the same places. Right? Yeah. Now, there are Democratic proposals that are very popular across the board 
that Democratic lobbyists kill in Washington. Namely, who would say the government shouldn't be able to negotiate prices for prescription drugs? Yeah. I mean, that's not a conservative or liberal thing. That's just like, well, of course, if I go in and, it, you know, you buy a lot of something, you, you, you get something for Hertz buys 100 cars, they get a discount. It's just the way the world works. They're forbidden in Democratic lobbyists who I don't know the names of. Somebody's got to name these goddamn people because you run into them and they, they go to the events and they, they all, you know, meshed in with, with, with Democratic elected officers. That, that's an extremely popular thing. But another thing that's popular is raising taxes on rich people. It's, it's got like 65, 67% support. And the lobbyists kill that. <laughs> How do you think we don't have carried interest? And what I think people need to do is find out who these lobbyists are and, and name them. And so you're, you're not in the club anymore, dude. There are any number of proposals that, that Democrats advance that that do nicely. In Florida, I never tire of pointing out, given felons the right to vote, got 64%. Hmm. All right? Raising the minimum wage to $15 got 67%. That's in a referendum. That's not a poll. That's people going vote. You don't need to, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You have shit in the Democratic quiver, you, there's any number of arrows that you can shoot. But you're right. People say, well, they, they campaign on this. Prescription drug prices are still high. My wages are low. You know, in, inequality is killing the country. And the, and the public doesn't like this stuff. They're almost demanding it. So do you, do you guys read uh, Ezra Klein's piece in the New York Times today about David Shore? I did. Um, okay, so just to remind people, Dave, David Shore is this uh, you know, brilliant political wonk who actually was canceled when he pointed out that uh, uh, you know riots actually tend to you know urban riots yeah. actually hurt Democrats and people. Well, you can't say that. And well, he was actually it's worse than that, Charlie. <laughs> okay, so he did. He retweeted. There was an academic at Princeton. He's now in Pomona, and his, his name is like Omar Wasso mm-hmm. or something. All right, and he he retweeted. And he, I, I think the guy is black, actually. Uh-huh. Right. He retweeted a piece of academic research that says that peaceful demonstrations uh, help. help more in an election than violent. I mean, that, that wasn't exactly Radical. Princeton to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it ran his ass out of town. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, that's one of that, that's the brilliance of the, the progressive uh, movement. All encapsulated. See, they, they 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 hate the whole both sides ism. But I mean, what you're describing here is the is the bubble they've created. Like we don't even want to hear this academic study that that might make us feel slightly uncomfortable, even though it's exactly the kind of warning you ac- you need to hear. So. Okay, so he's <laughs> so also a, like a socialist, by the way. He's yeah. not, you know, a, a James Carville dino. Well, he's got a way. My friend Sean McAwee, you know, yeah, yeah. I, you know they they have, I, they they pretty left, but I, I would say that Sean and, and and David are probably inching toward pragmatism at some level. Yeah, say, he, inching yeah. inching toward it. Okay, so he's got this warning for the Democrats. Ezra Klein has a great column in the New York Times about it. And I'll just read a little bit. So here's the truly frightening thought. I mean, things are bad right now. Here's the truly frightening thought for frustrated Democrats. This might be the high watermark of power they'll have for the next decade. For sure, cancellation, traumatic though it was, turned him into a star. His personal story became proof of his political theory that the Democratic Party was trapped in an echo chamber of Twitter activists and woke staff members. It had lost touch with the working class voters of all races that it needs to win elections. And even progressive institutions dedicated to data analysis were refusing to face the hard facts of public opinion and electoral geography that you've been talking about. And at the heart of Shore's frenzied work is the fear that Democrats are sleepwalking into catastrophe. And he's talking about, you know, the House races, the Senate races, the presidential races, and he's obsessively running these simulations. He's saying, look, the way the, the structural nature of our politics, the, the, the Senate, the way that it is uh, set up uh, right now, if Democrats don't kind of wake up, to use Tim's phrase, um, they're, they're going to be steamrolled. So, James, you read this piece, and right. before we started the podcast, you, 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 you brought it up, and you and I were reading the same thing at the same moment. Right, right. Okay. First of all, the Democratic Party, right, they had a choice in 2020, all right? 
Joe Biden is the most unwoke. He you couldn't you couldn't tell Joe Joe Biden wouldn't know what woke is. You tried to explain it to him. Sorry, I said, what are you talking about, pal? Right? He don't understand it. They had Bernie Sanders. They had Elizabeth Warren. They had everybody. They had all the money in the world. They had every debate platform, and they got slaughtered. They got slaughtered. All right. The same thing happened in Louisiana in the second congressional district primary. The same thing happened in New York City. You couldn't be more woke than Maya Wiley. She never sleeps. She's so woke. <laughs> right? Okay. And, and overwhelming, but but it is in and I, I I think twenty-two percent of the countries on Twitter, probably Democrats or, or Democrats, not country, Democrats on Twitter. They all that that ninety percent urban under thirty-five. Right. They don't win elections. They drag you down and their votes don't count. Their votes are all in Boston and New York and Philadelphia and Washington and Los Angeles and San Francisco and Seattle. Right. They, they are actually a drag on the party and they're too stupid to see it. <laughs> and I, look, I want yeah, to just add in on that with a little practicality to talk to the shore thing, because I, I think particularly, you know, a lot of our more progressive listeners, you know, come here and are frustrated. They're like, oh, you know, it's getting repetitive. Tim and Charlie always want, you know, the Democrats to do what Joe Manchin and these moderates want because they are, you know, former conservatives, et cetera, et cetera. And, and you know, guilty. I'm, I'm, I'm a moderate. That I'm, I'm guilty. But there are other ways to attack this problem, you know, if you're a Democrat, to, that, that kind of speak to what James was just talking about besides, you know, moderation as it's traditionally thought about right and so so just think about this for a second like i'm i'm i'm, I'm a gay man with a black daughter in oakland so i might, might not be my wiley woke i like my rest but i'm i'm pretty woke so i i'm i'm speaking yeah, about this yeah, just you, as you a strategy woke enough no yeah well, <laughs> you're, gonna, you're, gonna so, to, you're, you're gonna have to turn in your woke card so okay well i'm speaking this just as strategy maybe not my personal preferences but but if the Democrats want to wedge against the Republicans' new coalition that David Shore lines out, which is rural folks, which is non-college educated, you know, folks across part across uh, racial lines, by the way, uh, you can take a strategy that goes at them that that takes a hard line on the pharmaceutical companies, like James was just saying, that that supports uh, you know a lot of these big spending ticket items. A lot of these Republican voters, these are not Paul Ryan. Ryanomics people who who joined the Republican Party. Um, they are culturally conservative, and they're they're responding to you know a lot of the you know can Republicans can you know contrarian anti views against the kind of elite established coastal culture. And so I I don't know why a Democrat couldn't run in a red state that runs on a down the line progressive strategy, right. but that that attacks the left for, you know, some of their pieties on these cultural issues. So uh, you know, like where is where is that strategy? That would also right. work just as much as being more of a centrist, you know, on on, you know, kind of more in more tra- in a more traditional sense. Wait, wait, let me get it. That's exactly what I was saying before, Tim. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a moderate Democrat. I'm a goddamn liberal. Understand that, okay? I think inequality is gut-wrenching. Climate is about the most real thing that, that you can deal with. I'm for, for negotiating prescription drug prices. I'm for raising taxes on the rich. I'm for taxing, uh, you know, capital gains, investment income at the same rate you tax earned income, right? But I'm not crazy. And, and, the, and the Democrats don't need, they don't need to adopt, you know, some semi-looking Republican positions, and they just need to adopt positions that are right there, like raise the minimum wage, raise taxes on the rich, negotiate prescription drug prices. These things are enormously popular all over the country, and you know. So why aren't they doing and this? campaign on why, them, by the way? Yeah. Campaign on them rather yeah, than yeah, campaign, campaign on fighting on each other. Like just get them passed yeah. and make it very sensible. You know, and and again, and look, I'm stealing this from you, James, but like you don't need to win over every every no, no. bubba in the exurbs right like you, you just need to start cutting down on the margins uh by by making people feel like you actually care yeah. about them again. and not be crazy and i and and repel voters who, who you might have rented in the last couple of elections i couldn't agree i couldn't agree more and you know who likes this inner city people like this suburban women like this people in rural america like this we spent a hundred million dollars last cycle in 77 counties in Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. And, you know, 
these were all rural white counties, and we got about a five and a half percent improvement, which is mm-hmm. staggering. Right. Okay, we got we got the shit beat out of us. Don't kid yourself. We went from losing eighty twenty to, you know, seventy four point five to mm-hmm. what, what, twenty. Five point five or something. Okay, it's but, but, it, but, it, but yeah. you don't. It's very important, and and the margins count here. And you give people a, 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 you know, you're running against Ron Johnson, and you're talking about raising the minimum wage. You're talking about negotiating prescription drug prices. You're talking about this kind of stuff, and he's talking about some, you know, defending the the, the seditionists on on January the sixth. Yeah. You can do better. You can, it's all you got to do. It's not that hard. But they all want to send out Twitter stuff. They all want to be clever. There's how much money can they raise? And it, 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 like I say, somebody's got to wake up and say, hey, you know, first and foremost, I'm an American here. But country's in trouble. But people need to start acting like it. The Wisconsin's interesting. And, Charlie, you know, we talked about this a little bit on the live stream. The Wisconsin is an existing, interesting example. There was a good, in addition to the Shore article, there was a good David, uh, excuse me, Dan Balls article this morning about Wisconsin and how it kind of presaged our current yeah. polarization. And, and how it's really two states. I and I think hear. this is what's driving this. Right? Like, if you look at the Wisconsin primary, me and Charlie have been talking about this. It's like, yeah. it's like these guys are, are talking on the Democratic side, you know, Barnes and Lazary and all them, are, are, if you look at their Twitter feeds, you know, you'd think that they were running in Colorado, right? And it's just, Wisconsin isn't Colorado. Right. And so, but the reason why they're doing that is because Wisconsin isn't really a purple state, right? It's like really blue people. And then, and then a bunch of really, really red, red people, really right. red. And then there's a very small number in the middle. But the problem is that small number of the middle matters. And, and, and if they look at the Republicans and say, oh, well, you know, Donald Trump might be kind of crazy. And I don't, I didn't like all Donald Trump stuff, but like, I, you know, I don't, we don't want the Democrats to be completely in charge of everything and, and, you know, advancing all this far left stuff. Then, then they're liable to lose lose Wisconsin, which is a very winnable, which is a very winnable state. And I just, I'm a little bit, and I think that's frustrating to me. When, well, when it's you very get frustrating. Like Ron Johnson. Well, it it, it, it is it is frustrating to me. And I don't know the, whether Johnson's going to run, but if he thinks there's going to be a big Republican wave here, um, I think he's more likely to run. Uh, if if he thinks the Democrats are going to nominate somebody like Mandela Barnes, who's running sort of a Bernie esque, very very woke campaign, I think he'll run because. I think he'll perceive that, uh, that that Barnes is exactly the wrong kind of Democrat to run you know, in this particular cycle, and I think he's right. But I don't know. I um, I, I thought for a moment that maybe Ron uh, Johnson was going to back off from the crazy that he was going to you know lay off oh the, 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 the the crazy pills, but that that has not happened. If he did lay off the crazy pills, it would be an indication maybe he was serious. But I don't know. So guys, can I flip the script for a moment? Wait, I just saw so, really quick, Ron yeah, Johnson. No, I was no. like, did you see him talking yeah, about Ivermectin and how I Merck? Just, I mean, just, he talk about the dude who's in the fucking fever swamps. I he know. He's out there talking about how the but drug companies are pushing the vaccine because they get better money than they get from the horse dewormer. Like, like he was saying that he's saying that stuff on Fox. Like, this is gateway pundit. Level like message board level material. Okay, now now that that's a great segue because what what's happening is is that the crazy is becoming crazier. So, but let me flip the script on this because the Republicans have some problems uh, too. I you probably saw you know a Politico playbook noting how many Republican candidates have like serious baggage issues, uh, not just because of their crackpots, but they have domestic violence complaints against them. Uh, Donald Trump is waiting. He he endorsed Sean Parnell in this open Pennsylvania Senate race. And it turns out that, that Parnell had, had asked for a gag order on his estranged wife and her lawyer during their custody battle. Um, you know, so it's she's filed two protective orders against him back in 2017 and 2018, pretty recent. Um, and this has happened over and over again. You know, you've had uh, Trump jumping into these Senate races, endorsing these flawed candidacies in Georgia. Herschel Walker, you've written about this. Uh, somebody who's, you know, faced domestic abuse allegations. Max Miller, the guy who's running for Congress in Ohio. And then there's Eric Greitens, who, I mean, you want to talk about some significant baggage that he's got. So there is that possibility that that Donald Trump um, will use his endorsements to to blow completely winnable Senate seats for Republicans. James, I mean, we've seen this over and over again, but I mean, I, I don't know. Does this stuff matter anymore? You know, it, it, it matters on the margins. And right yeah. now, races are won on the margins. I, I like oh. the margins. All right. And, and crazy. The, the, my favorite is the woman from Colorado, Bob, Bob 
Bobert. Bo- 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 Lauren Bobert. Bo- Bo- yeah, Bobert. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, read how she and her husband met. Okay. Exposing South Tour. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> look, that, that, just a man of the people, it, James. Whole, That's just my how things character. do it outside of your coastal elite bubble. All right, yeah. like guys right. just take out their dicks in a bowling alley. Yeah, I just I'm like, that's just how it happens. That's just that's, that's just marketing, you know. Just you know. Hey, my favorite character is Trash L Odom. Oh, the guy. <laughs> Corey yeah, Lewandowski, the woman that he basically tried to rape. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, These are these are these. A lot of these people are just. They, they, I mean, we call them Louisiana, but just really white trash. <laughs> I mean, that's what they are. The <laughs> Lewandowski thing, and and Troy, I, I wrote so when I, I, I wrote the Lewandowski Amazing. article on Monday, which I really enjoyed writing. Um, I enjoyed reading. I, you know, uh, he. Uh, you know, what I wrote at the end of that is like, look, the, the, the sexual assault, the dominance of women, like it is a feature, not a bug of Trumpism, right? Like, Ooh. like the Corey Lewandowski, everybody knows this has been happening for five years. I mean, like this was at a random fundraiser in Vegas at a Benihana and this woman is getting assaulted and two other donors over the course of the, of the dinner come up to her and say, Corey's always like this. And it's like, so Corey's been getting away with this for a half decade because Years. it's what they like in the Trump circles. And that's why Herschel Walker got endorsed. That's why Eric Greitens gets endorsed. That's why Sean Parnell, if you haven't watched the Sean Parnell video, I don't know about James, what James's super PAC plans are coming up here this cycle, but <laughs> there's a wonderful, wonderfully horrific Sean Parnell video where he's talking like, like Archie Bunker, you know, it's like a down market Archie Bunker about how like women still like, you know, we need women to be back in the kitchen and, and men like their women to serve us. It's like 20, 2021. And like this guy's running in Pennsylvania. This isn't, you know, this isn't Alabama. He's not trying to get the Nick get, Saban get me, vote. Me, um, you know, it's a, it's a swing state. Give me 30 seconds. Okay. <laughs> are we gonna are we gonna vamp here? Or are we just gonna cut this? Troy, just a little, I, I, I don't know. We're, we're doing it live. We're we, are, we are gonna do it absolutely live. No, see, I, I, I look at this and in, in, in Trump world, you know, Donald Trump's sitting down there in Mar-a-Lago and he goes, "Yeah, this sounds good." You know, is that is that really a problem? You know, I mean, it's not a you, when you say that it's a feature, not a bug. I mean, there's a reason why these people are attracted to Trump world. Because they, nobody else would take them. I mean, in, in you know, on Earth 2.0, which I've cited in the past frequently, these people would be complete pariahs. Nobody. All right, I'm back. You know, nobody. Okay, you're, you're, you're back. Got something good for us? Yeah, I ran out of coffee. I oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were running to get like, okay, I have, I have something here about Sean Parnell. This is going to blow your mind. Okay, so um, speaking of PTSD and feeling like we're, we're caught in this, this time warp, because it, it does feel like, you know, every time is recycling itself. Donald Trump. Did you hear Donald Trump on Sean Hannity last night? Um, he's playing his, on Twitter. He's playing his greatest hits. Let's let's play Donald Trump talking about. Remember uh, the whole thing about shithole countries? He was, you know, talking about we can't bring people here from shithole countries yeah. like uh, Haiti. Unlike, for example, Norway, which apparently is definitely not a shithole country. I mean, you, you do the analysis here. But this is uh, this is the former president of the United States last night on Sean Hannity. So we have hundreds of thousands of people flowing in from Haiti. Haiti has a tremendous AIDS problem. AIDS AIDS is a step beyond. AIDS is a a real bad problem. So hundreds of thousands of people are coming into our country. And if you look at the stats, if you look at the numbers, if you look at just take a look at what's happening in Haiti, a tremendous problem with AIDS. AIDS. Many of those people AIDS. will probably have AIDS, AIDS, and they're coming into our country, and we don't do anything about it. We let everybody, everybody come in. Sean, it's like a death wish. It's like a death wish for our country. Okay, so don't turn that into a uh, drinking game where you drink every time he says AIDS. This does. I mean, this is That's like the mental well, acuity candidate. Right there. So we're we're back to the coming down the golden escalator and talking about Mexican rapist. I mean, the guy is playing his greatest hits. Isn't he? He did say that Vietnam, that unprotected sex during the '60s was his personal Vietnam. So yeah, I don't. I know. So I don't know. Maybe he's planning on having unprotected. I don't understand why it's a death wish for Donald Trump. Um, you know, even if his racist anti-Haitian attack was true, and that everybody had AIDS, I just don't. I don't know why that would be a death wish for Donald for 
people in the country. Uh, but um, I mean, it's just he's just so, so trash. He's just trash. Okay, James, this just this this seems like it's a category thing. It's like Donald Trump saying they're bringing in all of these Haitians. Everybody gets in here, except of course for all the Haitians who don't get in here. But never mind. Right. And all these Haitians are going to come here, and they're just going to be you know fucking people and giving them AIDS, right? Right. I mean, black yeah. people, they're yeah. coming right. here and they're going to be fucking around and we're going to get AIDS. I mean, this kind of, you know. Remember Ebola? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I mean, we're all going to be dead. Yeah. We're, we're it's, it's, yeah. Any, the greatest fear in the world is black people going to kill us all. Yeah. Caravans. All right. Caravans are coming and they're, they're coming for they're your women. On a caravan. And I don't, it's, it's not going to stop nothing. Not in my lifetime, for no. sure, but no, not, well, not you and Tim either. Doesn't it, though, feel like we're, we're back to some of the rhetoric that you would have heard in 1957 or 1958? And, and Donald Trump, I think, with his reptilian instinct, knows that that right now is what plays with the Republican base, right? So, Tim, I know you're compiling the lengthy list of all Republicans who were pushing back on that and objecting. To that kind of rhetoric, right? I am here. I'm turning right. the page right now. I'm, I'm like going. I'm going through. Oh wait, I haven't seen. I haven't seen any actually. Any, crickets. Actually. Yeah. When I used to have my radio show, I used to have sound effects for crickets playing in the background. So crickets. I was. Um. I. I was. You know, talking to a, a Republican in good standing. Um. Yesterday, which I don't do that much anymore. Now that we're now that you know we're on the outs. Uh, and this high-ranking person, unfortunately, I can't say who it was, but they, uh, I was asking why they don't ever comment on, on this sort of thing anymore. You know, they're talking about how the party's moving forward and how I just need to stop with my, with my, you know, d derangement syndrome and, you know, kind of get back on board because, and, I, and I'm like, when was the last time you said something about, about, and they're like, well, Donald Trump doesn't, doesn't have any office anymore. Yeah. He doesn't have anything. So like they're playing the same game that they played for a half decade. They exactly so the what same was, game what was the answer? into the Donald yeah. Trump So business. what's the answer? Yeah, no, not. No, nothing. Well, I don't have to comment on everything. What about the three point? Why aren't you talking about the three point five trillion? And I was like, "What are you talking about? I'm, we talk about that all the yeah, time." Well, you call, you called uh, it a Frankenstein so, monster. Yeah. So I, you know, um, I mean, the, the, these guys have no balls, and um, they're and and they're sleepwalking. Or no, they're not sleepwalking. They're awake. They're woke walking right back into just letting that madman who just you know said the word aids 12 times in nine seconds With, I, I lost um, i lost track but they're coming like like, like be be the party standard bearer and, people and so with I, AIDS. I just, that hangs over every that hangs over everything and i just don't feel like there's a there is an enough of an appreciation about about this and and i think it speaks to why the republican party is so crazy but also the urgency of the democrats to get their shit together and that's why when we criticize we do it with love and we do it you know it's an act of love we're trying to help we're trying to help everybody get better so we don't have to deal with this madman mad okay speaking of madmen i i mentioned before how the crazies getting crazier I have one more soundbite for you guys. Tucker Carlson has, has a new conspiracy theory about Joe Biden. Could we just play that? These are pictures of a fake White House set that the Biden administration has for some reason yeah. constructed across the street All from the fake. actual White House. It's in an auditorium at the Eisenhower Executive oh, Office okay. Building. Oh, no. Why go to the trouble? They already have a White House. Well, Stephen Miller spent the last four years in the White House as an advisor to Trump, and here's his explanation for it, because he would know. Quote, he would know. The reason Biden uses this bizarre virtual set for televised meetings and not an actual room like the East Room, the Cabinet, the Oval, the Roosevelt sit-room, etc., there are a lot of rooms. The reason he does this is because it allows him to read a script directly from a face-on monitor and without teleprompter glass that can be seen on camera. What? Oh, 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 oh. Now, we huh. can't verify that that's true, but it no. certainly sounds right. Sounds. <laughs> Joe Biden can't speak from the Oval Office because he's not sure what to say. So he has to read it all here. Oh. So that yeah. raises a much deeper question. The question is not, is deep. Joe Biden mentally impaired? Obviously, no. he no. is. And again, we're not going to gloat over it. No, but a much more not. important question for the rest no of us gloating. is, if he's not running the government, then who is? Uh, that's a real question. Uh, George Soros. Yeah. So, um, look, this is the the delta between Tucker Carlson and Alex Jones is really small. This is Alex Jones stuff. Just go. I mean, say, why would you have a fake set? First of all, it's all, all sets are fake. And it, but it's, so he can have the camera where he can like read directly from it. It's like, well, that doesn't really explain why you need a set because you can use that camera anywhere. So what the hell's going on here? Come on.
Guys, explain this to me because my head's hurting. It's, it's the Bilderbergers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is. This is just this been around since the fifties. Yeah. All right. It, it, exactly. Who is it? I bet you it's a. You know, it's it, yeah. It's Soros. It, it, it's a cabal of, of, of Jewish bankers somewhere. You know, with a. It's the highest what, rated show on TV, and it's the highest rated show on cable TV. Uh, you know, right. he's feeding the people what they want. It's like why the National Enquirer is at the, uh, at the at the checkout line. You know, not the New Yorker. Um, when you're when you were at the grocery store back in the nineties, right? That's what. Like he's he's feeding it to him, and it's. I mean, it is, it is when you do these focus groups, like on our uh, quick plug for our focus group podcast by Sarah Longwell, which is wonderful. And you listen to these folks, everyone has been convinced of this, though. It is Alex Jones shit. It is crazy. But, 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 but your median Republican voter, not your craziest Republican yeah. voter, your median Republican voter thinks that Donald Trump is an extremely strong and intelligent <sighs> and bright man who went to Penn and was a wonderful businessman and, and, and that Joe Biden is a, you know, dementia addled, uh, you know, moron who is, who, who is being managed behind the scenes by, you know, a globalist cabals of Jewish bankers, right? Like that's like the lasers. median view. Space yeah. lasers. Yeah, it's the yeah. median view. And so, you know, I mean, we can laugh, but like. It's the median view. It's, I think, yeah, I mean, maybe See, not the space what, lasers, but, but like just, no, just the idea that, that Trump is sharp and Biden is doing and because they keep beating this in. And these guys, you have to understand, they don't watch, you know, Joe, like, like that is a ridiculous statement. If you actually watch Joe Biden, you know, do, do, do conversations. Now, we can all admit Biden's lost a, a, a step, but like, it's not like he needs a screen to know what to say. Like he can, he can communicate. He knows what's happening, but these people don't watch that. They just watch the Tucker Carlson clip of it. And 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 for some reason, when when Donald Trump vamps about Haitian with, with AIDS for 13 seconds, that, that doesn't raise any questions to, to them about his mental acuity. OK, so, James, how, how do you message against crazy like this? You know, he got 46 in uh, 2016. I think he got 47 in 2020. And first of all, when they indict him, they the criminal charges are going to be staggeringly easy to understand. It, it, will, will, will the hardcore crazies leave him? But it, it, it'll, it, it, it'll rattle it a little bit. You don't need to rattle, but about another 2 or 3% more, and you, you're able to run the table at that point. And I want it, a unicorn it, for my know, birthday too. But Okay, but, but, but I, that, uh, this, this stuff is coming. The, the problem is I see it. Is they're nuts, and they're, they're, it's irredeemable. If if a person, you know, doesn't get vaccinated, I'm I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, just just what what are you doing? Is it? But but there's a lot of people in this country that are like that. They they they're irredeemable. What the Democrats have to do is, and they can run a liberal message. It just has to be sane. And and you know, get off of you know, this faculty lounge language and, and just get out there and talk to people about things that matter and, and, and make an election about people's lives and not, see, you know, your life. This is, they the, would do a lot better. See, but this is the problem. So guys like Tim and I spent the last five years telling the same thing to Republicans. Like, you can be conservative, but just don't be crazy. And Republicans said, yeah, they'd rather be crazy. Yes. And so right, yeah, pa- pass on that. And now, James, you're doing the same thing, um, saying, hey, you can you know, have the things you want. Just don't be crazy. And, you know, the squad's going, yeah, pass. Uh, we'd, we'd rather go, you know, blow things I, how many, How many certifiable, or I wouldn't say themselves certifiable crazy, or people that go along with certifiable crazy ideas? You think in the House Republican Caucus? The answer is a lot. Yeah, I know. 100, right? 100, 130, 40. 130. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. On the, the, the real lefties in the Democratic caucus are probably 17. Mm. Right? I mean, I both parties, right. yeah, this is both side, you know, both siderism. Well, you yeah, know, James, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we got some crazies, but let's admit you got crazies too. Yeah, you, you got five times more crazies than we did. The problem is, is that <clears throat> the 17 exert more, they're in the news more, the, the press follows them more, they're being, they're, they're being put as an equal titanic struggle within a Democratic Party, where they literally lose every election that's not in a congressional district, doesn't have a cooked PVI of plus 30. 
I mean, come on, you won a, a, a seat in central Boston, you've done nothing. Yeah. You've done nothing. Yeah. Oh, so, you won one in the box, but you've done nothing. Go go win a race. Go to Wisconsin and, and win a statewide race. Then I'm impressed with you. Yeah, good. Right. good. Until you do that, I'm not impressed. Okay, so let's let's close out on a different note. You you wanted to do a little bit of uh, what? You wanted a little bit of rah rah here, Tim? For um, well, then I want. LS, I have two. I have two items. So we're, with, we're with James. So just I mean, right. you know, me and Charlie, me and you can just you know talk about how bad the Orange Man is any week. So I, yeah, I want to yeah, just kind of leverage our expertise here. So I want to hear James on. On Terry McAuliffe, because I'm getting a little worried. Oh about yeah, 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 I'm yeah. getting a little worried about his friend Terry okay, McAuliffe, okay, right. and then I, and then and then we need to just give the people what they want and discuss what's wrong with LSU football. So those are my those are my okay, two Terry, final topics. Okay. I spent I did two fundraisers for Terry like one last Thursday, and then one Monday in New York. It's tighter than Dick's hat band. All right, it's far tighter than what? What? <laughs> tighter than Dick's hat band. That's just an expression. It's just tight. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to need you to spell that. I'm, I'm going to write that out. Uh, it, it, it's very tight. He, he would obviously be helped if they had some kind of a of a deal in Washington that they announced prior to November 2nd. Uh, they have some really good negatives on Yunkin. I think they got more coming. He's, you know, he's working, working like a rented mule. And, uh, you know, I, at the end of the day, in the, the the consequences of the race are, are going to be enormous because if he loses, you know, a guy like Ron Johnson say, well, you know what, I think I'll run. That's exactly right. Right, and that, and, that, and it's going to have a lot to do with recruitment and retirements right. in the House, this is right, in the Senate. This is a big yep. deal, and it's close. And I, I I can't tell you how many emails I've sent out trying to help raise money at you know Zoom events, anything like that, but. I, I am not, I'm not cocky. I'm not, I'm not cocky. I'm, I'm marginally confident. I, I what, still okay. think I'd what rather be. What explains? So you know, I uh, Democratic strategists, not you, James, but you know, your 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 brethren are always panicking. You know, and so and before the California race, I sort of had the view that everybody's panicking unnecessarily. This is crazy. Like Gavin's going to be fine. He ends up winning by more than he did in 2018. I, I'm not saying that's going to the same thing's going to happen in Virginia, but but. I mean, Joe Biden won by ten points, right? I mean, you know, the 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 the, the poll out today has McConnell up four. Like, what is it? Why? What are people seeing that is making them so so nervous about about it? Is it is it people abandoning him in the in Northern Virginia? Like, what is it? Excitement. Now, what you see is you see history that like late in the last forty four years, the party that wins the White House comes into the White House, they lose Virginia, All right? And you see in you're seeing that they are, you know, right now, you know, gas up. It, it, look, it could revert to a norm and Terry could win by four or five points. I'm not, but but right now, the better data that I see, I think it's, you know, these Democratic posts are so conservative. You can't, you, you just can't imagine how, how much they squeeze these numbers. But I, I'd, I'd rather run a race and be and tell people there's, you got a lot at stake here. There's a lot to, yeah. a lot to be concerned about. And, and that's the kind of nature of it. But again, I'm not a, I'm not a total pessimist. I've laid out an idea for you. I, I think the Democrats could, could actually do pretty good in 2022, but the Virginia's going to be tight. No doubt about it. And the California thing was, you know, the press loved that story yeah. and they stampeded it. And somebody did an analysis. I think it was one poll or one two poll, polls. Yeah. yeah it, it just, it, 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 there's nothing. Every three days, the press has to run Dems in disarray story. I've been dealing with that shit since the '80s. Well, they the Dems made that make that easy. Okay, so Tim, let's give people what they want, which is yeah, okay. like well, less look, than wait, which is less than 15 seconds. 15 on seconds LSU on LSU football. That is such BS. Everybody's That's fast what forward. Everybody's wants. fast forward through this podcast. They're they're putting us on two X speeds. They can't even understand what James is saying <laughs> on two X. They're just waiting until they hear Ogeron. They just want to know what's happening with yeah. Coach Ogeron. Look, we won the national championship two years ago. It was it was just a beautiful moment right before the pandemic started. Um, it was you know they caught lightning in a bottle, but since then they're eight and seven. What's going on, James? Yeah. I'm worried about uh, Coach O. Is he going to survive yeah, yeah. the year even? Well, you know, if we, if we don't learn how to block, he's not going to survive anything. Uh, I mean, we have no, we can't block anybody. You know, and they call it blocking and tackling. They actually, put blocking first, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the issue. And look, a big surprise, you know, LSU football is a, 
you, you got to win. I think Coach O understands that. Everybody else understands that. And uh, he better win at Kentucky and get some momentum going here. I'm because, down there in two weeks. I hope we can hang out in person, James. You're going to the Florida can, game? Yeah, I'm going to the yeah. Florida game. We can do some selfies, and maybe I can bring some positive mojo to the to the mix here. We need some mojo. Okay, so now what the public really wants is a little discussion of, about America's team. The Milwaukee Brewers are in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Um, Milwaukee home to the NBA champion Bucks, about to be home to the World Series champion Milwaukee Brewers. Some just great stories out there. Some great uh, pitchers. I mean, Corbin Burns. I mean, come on, James. I mean, Corbin God Burns. Us. This guy. I got blue, blue, blue is, I mean, he's Cy Young. Yeah. He's got a lot, I, right? I, I mean, I, look, I think you got to. I, I, I don't know who I'm pulling for. I, mean, I, the, I, the I, I would like to see Dusty win one. No. Yeah, well, Craig Council is the best manager in yes, baseball. Absolutely. I mean, that's almost a, a given. I don't think many people even argue that, do they? No, I don't know. You know, the thing about you know Corbin Burns, who is so awesome, I could, I could go through all of his stats. He was actually picked in the fourth round of the uh, MLB uh, Junior Amateur Draft. You know, uh, back back in the day, fourth round. He's just he's just awesome. So anyway, uh, America's I team. Tell you just really uh, don't, mention, don't mention the LSU guy, Kevin Gosman at, at San Francisco. He's had a hell of a year too. Uh, all right, I, so I aspire to be James well, Carville. Uh, this, this is my one like moment of, of of for all of James Carville's successes, electing a president. You know, all you know, all of his. You know, we could run down his list. The thing that I most admire is last year at this time I was watching MSNBC and uh, James Carville was on and it was in the middle of a playoff a baseball playoff game and he's in a hotel room and the TV is on behind him. So he's on TV on his laptop, but the baseball playoff game is behind him and it is, it is playing live on his TV. So he can kind of, Check in, check in on it while the while the ho- while the hosts are chattering. James so is a genuine. This is genuine America. This is real. This is real America. Hey Tim, you know how you can achieve that level? Well, how? Just when 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 you do one of your MSNBC hits, when you're asked yeah. about how terrible Republicans are and everything, yeah. um, you just have it on in the background. You can just do it. You have the technology. Do, 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 do I have? But I know. But do I have the kind of stature to pull that off? I just don't. I just don't know that I do. Hey, I think stay, stay tuned. Guys, I'm going to give you before I go. I'm going to give you one piece of video to watch. <laughs> watch Warren Morris home run and notice the shortstop for the University of Miami. It's Alex Cora. Mm. He just falls on the ground in grief and just starts beating the infield. But it's it's really it's worth watching it to watch the reaction of the Red Sox manager back. I guess nineteen ninety seven College World Series. Right. One of great moments in LSU sports history. I, I'm I'm going to look it up right now, gentlemen. Th- gentlemen, thank you so much for getting us into the weekend. Tim Miller and James Carville. Thank you, hey, Charlie. Thank peace. you, Dale. And- say, call me call me when you get down to Louisiana. Okay. Oh, well, are you going to be down there? We don't know. It's time to Yeah, we don't know. Hey, hey. So, then thank you all for listening to this weekend's Bulwark podcast. I'm Charlie Sykes. We'll be back on Monday, and we'll do this all over again. <laughs>